Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Had a busy day? Catch up on what you've missed in the world of sport. It's Extra Time on SENZ. little bit of um, kiss as we do count down to Guns N' Roses, heading down to Wellington. Looking forward to that Thursday night. What's their general introduction? You wanted the best. Or oh, they couldn't make it. In reference to kiss. And then, of course, you get Guns N' Roses. I'm happy with Guns N' Roses, to be perfectly honest. Just come off a big tour there of Australia. Had a look through the set list, the playlist. Pretty happy with what they're doing. Just a photo album, really, of the last 30 years for me. Looking forward to just taking it all in. Anyway, you are listening to SENZ. We are talking sport, not music. Christy Doran, who is a Fox Sport, a Fox Sports Australian rugby journalist, now joins us on the programme. Because will the Wallabies follow in the footsteps of Wales, England and sack their coach, sack Dave Rennie? Christy, good evening. Welcome. Yeah, good evening. The first thing I've got to do is probably just correct you. I've joined the Raw just in the last month, but um, good to join you on your programme and... To answer your, your question, are they going to follow the, the lead of the Rugby Football Union um, as well as, as the Welsh Rugby Union? I, I don't think so. I don't think it's got to that point yet. I know that there was huge concern following the defeat to Italy and there was lots of talk and concern from the Rugby Australia board. Um, that was tempered in the weeks to come. Uh, they probably got away out of jail. I think Dave Rennie got out of jail when the Wallabies pulled off an incredible 21-point come-from-behind victory over mm. Wales. So that perhaps just saved him there, I'd say. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Australian rugby, isn't it? Because Dave Rennie, I guess the one thing that the Wallabies have probably lacked in recent times is depth and numbers in key positions. And he's clearly trying to build that depth. Uh, the criticism is, though, that there's not a lot of continuity in his selections. His argument is, yeah, but I've got to try and build depth. I've got to try and create some competition for places. So he's almost in a no-win situation. What's your take on that? What's the right way? Oh, I've been pretty critical of Dave Rennie's selection, particularly over the last 12 months. Um, you can talk about depth. I think from the outside, it seems like there's probably less depth than what there perhaps is. You, you think about it, there's, um, clearly there's been injuries and there's been injuries that have hit hard in certain positions and perhaps you look at Quade Cooper, the fact that he only played a matter of about 47 minutes this year um, but you look at the handling of a player like Noah Lolaseo, he's been in and out in and out, in and out. Now you either rate the bloke or you don't or you select the guy and you give him a long stretch or you don't but the reality is um, he's continually turned away from him he's continually made changes at fullback, he admitted uh, in his final um, team announcement on the Thursday leading up to the test against Wales and Cardiff, that he didn't know who his preferred fullback was. Uh, he rotated at nine 
wasn't sure about who his options were. And he said that we've got world-class depth there at nine throughout the year and he didn't lose any of them to injuries. So I do question that. I don't subscribe to the theory that there's not enough depth in there. I think Dave Rennie's biggest issue with the Wallabies in 2022 was uh, his selection. Uh, but it was also followed probably pretty closely by what's happening from a strength and conditioning program, why are all these players breaking down and were players rushed back from injury at time. So it's it's not just Dave Rennie, it's it's uh, yeah, it, it's that tier of support staff below. Um, who's ultimately responsible for that, though? Well, that's something that they're going to... Um, you'd like to think have some answers over the next month or two. They've got a independent review that's shortly about to start. Um, uh, where that comes out, um, I'm not quite sure yet, but... Oh, look, I think it's a combination of things. And sometimes there is a bit of uh, unfortunate kind of events. You look at some of the concussions that are going on in games. That doesn't come down to Dave Rennie and his training methods. But you think about it, there's been four Achilles injuries, four ruptured Achilles. Now, three of those four were coming back from calf injuries. Um, guys like Quade Cooper previously were managing themselves and had their own, uh, very much their own programs. Um Three out of four of them have calf injuries and then they end up rupturing their Achilles in the not-so-distant future after that. That that points to something going wrong there. Um, some have complained of too much running. Um, another guy like a, a Rob Leota does his Achilles against the All Blacks in Melbourne, yet um, he did have a, uh, an injury mishap throughout the week leading up to that, was declared fit. Uh, ends up having a ruptured Achilles, all these kind of innocuous, but at the same time they point to a consistent theme of things not going right. Mm-hmm. Okay, if there is to be a coaching change, who are some of the names that have been bandied around and is there depth in Australian rugby in regards to an Australian coach taking this team forward? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Um, but perhaps more of pressing, is there going to be a coaching change, a head coaching change? I don't necessarily think there will be. Um, will there be come 2024? I think that's, uh, unless Dave Rennie somehow wins the World Cup, even if he does that, they might have already put someone in charge at that point in time. Um, I, and Dave has already indicated, and he indicated about two or three months ago, that if, if he doesn't really know by the, the first quarter of the year, he's going to have to start to look elsewhere. And clearly that's why they have agents and other bad people to suss out those sorts of options. Um, are there Australian candidates? Well, Dan McKellar has been, you know, and I hate the idea of anointing heir apparents because Michael Checker anointed Stephen Larkham as his heir apparent and 12 months later he uh, he punted him as, as his own assistant coach. So we know that that doesn't work. I, I think that New Zealand rugby, if they had their time again, would have they made... And Ian Foster, uh, their coach, it's, it's quite debatable and perhaps not. Um, I think McKellar is, is someone who's clearly he's got some reasonable runs on the board. He hasn't had international coaching experience, but he's, he's had five years at the Brumbies and he's now got a year and a half at the Wallabies. We'll see and there'll be some you know, measurables, I think, over the next 12 months. Stephen Larkin's only return will be interesting now coming back with the Brumbies. Uh, I don't think the reviews coming out of Munster where he was previously were particularly flash hot, but even speaking to the man, I think he's changed his own tone, his own perception with how he sees the game, but also how he interacts with people like the media, which 
often have, and let's be honest, they, they have some form of impact with, mm. um, you know, with with the amount of promotion that goes into the game and selling the game. You've got to have an interaction um, with the media, whether or not you like them or not. Um, he, he's another one. Look, Eddie Jones, if he gets sacked, you, you've got to admit that he, he's a, a guy with a wealth of experience. There's probably a redemption story and element to it. Uh, the idea of coaching against the Lions, we know that that was Rod McQueen's last um, last stint with the Wallabies in, in 2001 before before Eddie Jones took over. So um, there's that element, that piece of the puzzle. And also, you know, what about it if, you know, we know that Australia's hosting the World Cup in 2017. Eddie Jones was the last to coach in 2003, the home World Cup famously, losing to Clive Woodward's side in, in extra time there to, to a Johnny Wilkinson field goal. So I think they're probably the favourites. You'd imagine that Scott Robertson is going to be snapped up by New Zealand. We, we all heard Warren Gatlin's comments this morning, a particular point, and, and, and it, was a, it was not refreshing. I think it was refreshing to hear a coach who's a New Zealand coach who's widely respected, aligns the, you know, the three-time Lions coach come out and say, you're bonkers if you don't go sign this guy. Yes, it puts Ian Foster in a slightly awkward position, but he would have been at the All Blacks mm. by then for 12 years. So there's no way he's going to continue, you would think. Um, fascinating what's going on, though. You know, the real domino effect across the international landscape when it comes to international coaches. Yeah, no, it is remarkable. But it's interesting, is it? Because you mentioned Michael Checker there. Well, he wasn't particularly successful with the Wallabies, doing some quite good things with Argentina. We had Robbie Deans. He wasn't particularly successful. Now Dave Rennie's sort of coming under uh, the blowtorch a little bit. I mean, surely the problem's more around the infrastructure and the quality of player that's actually been developed and coming out of Australia. You just haven't had depth for a long time. Well, it's a good point. That's a point that Dan Herbert actually made with the the Wallaby a great well Dan Herbert told me in, in 2018 you know Australia's had this obsession of saying okay this guy can't coach that guy can't coach um, but their prior records are really outstanding um, you know from Checker to Ewan McKenzie to Robbie Deans to, to Eddie Jones are we saying that they can't coach no um, well we shouldn't be anyway they clearly can um, I think with Dave Rennie though let's be frankly honest you know he's it is, the Wallabies have been in many, many games over the last three years, and they've struggled and rarely converted close matches into wins. Um, and does Dave Rennie, you know, his his success goes back to twenty, what is it now, twenty uh, twenty twelve and twenty thirteen with hmm. the Chiefs, the last times that he's won titles. So it's not like he's come in like a if a Scott Robinson was to join an international side at the moment where he's won six on the bounce, um, Dave Rennie's last winning title was in 2013, and that was with Wayne Smith being his uh, great right-hand man and had players like Sonny Bill Williams and uh, Liam Essam and Brody Retallick and a young Sam Kane kind of coming through, a star-studded list. So I agree and I acknowledge that there's definitely some issues with um, Australian rugby, whether or not the depth, whether or not three to four to five sides has played a role in it. I, I think it probably has. Um, we all know that there's an element of cohesion. We all know that uh, sides are generally built, international sides are generally built on the back of the success or the huge integration from one or two clubs in particular. Um, 
But I think over the next four years, we'll see uh, more funding come into the game, whether or not that's through private equity. We'll wait and see on that. But certainly we're going to see at least $100 million come into the game through the hosting of the Lions and, and of course, the Home World Cup in 27. Okay, just look, just final question. I mean, I've looked at the World Cup draw. I mean, to me, Australia sit on the easier side of it. You've potentially got New Zealand, South Africa, France and Ireland. They will play each other in quarterfinals. So four of the best teams in the world mm. will be reduced to two. On your side of the draw, you've got Wales, you've got England and Argentina if things go to plan. I mean, there's no reason why Australia can't end up making a World Cup final here. And once you're in the final, anything can happen. I mean, I mean that ultimately would be the best thing for Australian rugby. I mean, do people look at it that way? I completely agree. I think the Wallabies are the absolute bolter amongst the, the, the international sides at the moment. They might have slipped out of the consciousness recently and, and people perhaps write them off. But, yeah, you're right. The World Cup draw is phenomenal for them. Um, I, I think even with Eddie Jones, all but certainly to, to be sacked, it probably makes England an easier proposition if, if the Wallabies were to, to take on the English in a quarterfinal. Yeah. Eddie Jones had won 10 out of 11 tests coaching against the Wallabies. You know, Warren Gatlin returning to Wales, I think, probably makes it harder. But I agree, and we all know that in the modern game with red cards apparent, uh, with injuries, we know the reliance of Johnny Sexton on Ireland. We know that they peaked a year early back in 2019. I think there's probably some similarities there going forward. The World Cup's incredibly open, but I think New Zealand and Australia would celebrate the fact that Eddie Jones is not going to be the England coach. Um, a draw, a win, and a very narrow loss against New Zealand. Um, Eddie Jones had that coaching record there with, with England against the Kiwis. So I think both New Zealand and Australia would celebrate Eddie Jones going. Uh, one of these two nations in, in South Africa, I think this, the ledger is now being tilted in the Southern Hemisphere's way for next year's World Cup, I think. Christy Doran, lovely to have you on the program. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Good to join. Christy Doran there joining us talking all things Australian rugby. It is coming up to around about 10 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Telephone numbers 0800 150 811.